I'm going to tell you just real quickly who Kyle Bird is. We met Kyle back in the late 90s. We were doing stadium events. Kirk was like 20 years old. Angie was like 20 years old. Uh, Cammie was like, what, 22, something like that. And Alan was here. Alan was a, a backup singer on our worship team. And we were getting ready to do stadium events. And Kyle had a youth ministry called Frontline Ministries. And he was a youth pastor here. But more than that, of the summer camps for the Baptist churches, which draw thousands and thousands and thousands of kids. He stayed busy all summer long, every summer, preaching to thousands and thousands and thousands of kids. And he came alongside us, and when Easy went down to the stadium to convince him that we could bring cameras and lights onto the field, Easy had a way that he had figured out somehow with his creative ideas that a football player pounds per square inch would hurt that astroturf that they were that turf that they were so worried about more than our cameras. But he brought Kyle along for credibility. And so Kyle showed up and Kyle now has a church in Burnett, Texas, and he loves us so much that he named his firstborn church after us. And it's called the Epicenter. Kyle, come on up. <laughs> Oh, my God, this is impossible. So, and I knew it was coming. The Lord told me you were going to do this to me. And, and so I've already released about 15 words into the atmosphere. All right? So I'll just trust the Holy Spirit to interpret those in his moment. And I knew that, that, that Lenny was going to do this, and uh, I asked the Lord, what's the most important thing I could say? And he said, on Father's Day, honor your father. Honor your father. It, it's prophetic. I'm on page 79. That's prophetic. I graduated from high school in 79, but I graduated from religion into the kingdom of God when I met this man. There was a graduation. I wasn't just a... Baptist, I was a national leader in the Baptist denomination. My daughter's here with me, her name's Kyla. Whenever I met uh, Easy and Lena, uh, he was about my age, and I was about her age. And y'all were children, y'all were just coming, Cammie, y'all were just coming. But I needed deliverance. I needed deliverance from religion. And I bumped into a kingdom man and a kingdom woman who knew nothing of religion. They, too, had been bitten by the serpent of religion. And that's a, that's a bitter venom. That's a bitter venom. But I'll tell you what will bring you to a point of recognizing things need to change. When you face a crisis in your life, it will test what you really believe. My daughter had been diagnosed with scoliosis. She had severe scoliosis. She had a 62 degree curve on the upper portion of her spine and about half that again on the bottom portion of her spine and the doctors were telling us nothing but radical surgery, put the Harrington rod down her back, it's gonna change her whole life for the rest of her life. And the Lord in that moment asked my wife and I, Robin, Whose word will you believe? Because the blood of Jesus speaks a better word. And a long story short, through the encouragement and the fathering and mothering of the first true kingdom people that I ever met in my life, these two right here, 
The Lord did a miracle in my daughter's life. While she was in surgery with not the doctor who gave us the bad word, but a new doctor who said, I want to go in and see what's happening so that we can do the right thing. That was going to be about a four, five, six-hour surgery because they were going to unzip her back like a zipper. And about 30, 45 minutes in, the doctor called the waiting room and said, I need to speak to you in the hallway. And I'm like, don't you leave my daughter in that, that room. And he said, no. And he came out, and I'm, I'm really summarizing this because I'm already past my two minutes. He was a spirit-filled doctor. He was 33 years old. His name was Dr. Howard Epps. He had just graduated from the University of Kentucky Medical Center, and he came down here, and we went to him. We had been sent to the, quote, number one rated scoliosis doctor in the United States of America that was in the Houston Medical Center. He's the one who gave us the death word. I asked him to his face, are you a believer? Here's what he said to me before I could even get anything else out. He said, oh, I've heard that story. I've been in this for 26 years, and I've never seen a back straighten itself. And my response to him, as intimidated as I was, was you're primed for a miracle, aren't you? Let me tell you where that boldness came from. These two people right here. These two people right here. There was not a process of impartation. They just dumped it on me all at once. I already had boldness because I, was an, I had a heart of an evangelist out of the Baptist church. I had a boldness. I would, I, would, I, would preach, I would preach deliverance from hell in the middle of, of the most demonic realm in the world. It didn't bother me because I knew who I was and I knew what I carried. But I, I looked at that doctor and I said, you're primed for a miracle, aren't you? And I walked out and we never went back. We found this new doctor who had just moved into Sugarland, Dr. Howard Epps, and he said, you know, I don't, I'm looking at the same x-rays that the other guy looked at. He said, I don't think we have to do all that stuff, but I want to go in and look and see, see what we can do. So we gave him agreement to do that. Every time we met with him, we prayed with him. He literally put his hands before us and said, I want you all to pray over my hands because I don't want to do what I want to do. I want to do what God wants me to do. We went into surgery that day, and he came out 45 minutes into what was supposed to be a four- to six-hour surgery, and he was shaking like a leaf, and he was a black man, and he was whiter than a sheet. I'm not kidding you. And he said, Pastor, i got to tell you something. That miracle we've been praying for, I just witnessed it. He said, we began to manipulate her spine, and suddenly she started shaking. And he said, I looked at the anesthesiologist, and I said, I need you to make sure she's out. If she comes out of this, we're in a heap of trouble. They had her back opened up like a fillet. And the anesthesiologist checked her back. And he said, no, she's out. She's not coming out of that. She's deep. He said, well, I'm not touching her when she's shaking like that. And so he stepped back and watched her spine do this. Yeah. He went ahead and did what he felt like he needed to do to secure that miracle. Praise the Lord. A great example where man's medicine partners with God's supernatural ability. We, we bless the Lord for spirit-filled doctors. We bless the Lord. But they have to know that they're not the ultimate healer. His name is Rafa, the healing God. And so we, we were so grateful for that, and he put her back together. And, uh, and when she came out, um, within about six weeks, she was back on the cheer floor at Austin High School here in Sugarland, re 
uh, selected by her peers as a cheerleader for the next year when the first doctor told her she would never cheer again. Yeah, it was just amazing. It was amazing. And so I tell you that story because that journey, we, we would never have gone down that journey to see the supernatural healing hand of God in our daughter's life if we didn't know these two people right here. Because they helped us. They didn't judge us. They didn't, uh, they didn't, they didn't throw their dogma on us. They just loved us really well, really well, and spoke to us with the language of the king and called us up. Come on, listen to me. This is important because I'm thankful for every single step of my journey. You'll never hear me talk negatively about any experience that I've had through my life because it's all a part of the journey. I'm thankful. The pastor that I served with here in this Baptist church, First Baptist Church, I don't think it even exists anymore, is still to this day one of my best friends. And I'm thankful for where they were able to take me to, but denominations will finally hit the wall. And you got to find somebody that knows that in the kingdom of God, there is no division. Anything that divides the people of God is not of the kingdom of God. Therefore, denominations are not of the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean there aren't great people who are in those denominations and great ministries that are a part of the journey. But at some point, you've got to get to the place where you say, I want to step into the fullness of the kingdom and not just settle for the parts that you've got along the way. And the Lord led us to EZ and Lena, and they, their father and a mother to us. We haven't done a we have in fact we've done a lousy job. Not because we don't love them. They've known all the way through that we've loved them, but God set us on fire when we left this place. And we've been all over the world preaching the gospel of the kingdom. We have not a church. We have a hub of our ministry in Burnett, Texas. When I left here, the Lord gave me a prophetic word through somebody that you wouldn't know. He said, if you'll just move out of here and get to the heart. Everything that flows through the heart will reach the entire body. We didn't know that we were moving to the heart of Texas when he took us there. We just knew that's where he told us to go. We're literally less than an hour from the Nassau pinpointed geographic heart of the state of Texas. And we planted in honor of our father and mother in kingdom ministry, the epicenter. And it is a kingdom apostolic hub out of which ministry flows all over the world from the heart of Texas. And so I've taken my two minutes. I think I have about 10 seconds left. Here's what the Lord told me I could say. Here's, here's what he, I, I, I need to come back and say a lot more in time. But here's what the Lord told me to say on Father's Day. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I literally felt like God gave me the shortest message I've ever had. And I kept going. The devil's like, you're not preparing. You're not preparing. You're not preparing. I'm like, like I just, this, I know what I got. And <clears throat> I had, he, I, I felt like he told me to tell my telescope story. And then he gave me a scripture to back it up. Psalm 19, one through four. And so we'll read that in just a second. But when I heard that you were coming, Kyle, I started racking my brain, just trying to remember all the things that I could remember 
about you. I didn't remember any of your sermons, but I remembered you. And I remembered helping you move. And I remembered you had two daughters. I didn't know if your son was born at the time, but I remembered I had two daughters in mind. And I remembered your love for the Lord. And it's such a confirmation to hear your story because it just affirms and just re-solidifies, it affirms my story as well. And I say thank you to you too, Pastor Easy and Lena. I'm the dad of daughters, and I got my fatherhood stamp on January 4th, 2006, and... Five, 2005, sorry. I was like, I knew I had one date and wrong. My daughter's hanging out with Jesus. But we, were, we went through a three-year battle that we would not have been prepared for if we had not been in this house. And we saw an incredible amount of miracles and, and, and things happen. So I was going to ask you to share your story of, of Kyla's healing. And by the way, my, my second brother's name is Kyle too. So there's another way that we're connected. But it's such a blessing. So God, just I felt led to title the message, Fight for Your Perspective. And that's where all, all of our, our perspectives are under assault. And he put the telescope story on my heart, something that happened right around the corner. And then he gave it the scripture, Psalm 19, 1 through 4. And I'm going to read that scripture, and then I'm going to tell you the telescope story, and then we'll be done. But Psalm 19, 1 through 4 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. The other thing I forgot to say, the reason why I appreciated you sharing that is because I was not going to mention the word kingdom this time. <laughs> Because that's my favorite subject. <laughs> and I was like, he opened the door for me. But that's what I received in this house. And so here's the telescope story. And, and, and I'll tie it all together. A few years ago, we had found a telescope in someone's trash on a heavy trash night. And we would do, we called it trolling. We would go and find treasures clean them up, repurpose them. Sometimes we'd, they were just perfect, and we'd, just, we'd resell them in garage sales. And that was, it was a fun thing. And we lived just a block or two away from here. And so we found this really high-dollar telescope that someone had thrown away, and it was missing one little piece. That, so it wasn't quite perfect, and nobody would buy it. So we ended up holding on to it before we threw it away. But no, I, I think actually somebody did buy it in a garage sale. But we went out to use it one night on a clear night, and we set it up in the front yard, and we were looking at the moon. And if I remember correctly, I got it in focus. And then I, I tried to turn it over to, to one of my daughters. And she's like, I don't see anything. And I went back and had to adjust it again. I was like, well, it's right there. And then by the time I got her to look into it, she couldn't see anything. What we didn't realize is, that, I mean, this was our first time really using a telescope. There's a thing called tracking that you have to do because the earth is moving. And if you don't maintain a vigilant effort, a diligent effort, if you don't contend for your perspective, it will move. And so 
you put that together with Psalm 19, 1 through 4, God's handiwork is on display, but our world is in motion. And our perspective on who he is and who we are and what's going on here is constantly under assault. And it takes effort. It takes intentional, diligent effort to maintain perspective on who he is, what is true, and how to interpret and respond to everything that's going on in this world. And so those were the two things the Lord gave me. And then I was like, I'm just going to fill it up with Father's Day stories, fatherhood stories, because I've got a lot of them. But the one that I'll share was just after our daughter promoted to heaven and I was at a professional work event one day, I met this young dude and he heard about my testimony and he wanted to go to lunch. He wanted to hear more. He wanted to hear about the kingdom. He was wrapped up in a lot of religion and he was, but he loved the Lord. He has an evangelist heart. In fact, he's in Albania right now. And so we go to lunch and I'm in the parking lot and I'm waiting for him to get there. And the Lord speaks to me and says, tell him that in confirmation that everything you're telling him is true, someone's going to pay for lunch today. That's not you. And I was like, Lord, that's, if I miss that, I'm going to be really embarrassed. And then I don't know how he did it, but somehow the Lord let me know that it was one of two families that were walking in the door as an extra confirmation. I did not do what he told me to do. I chickened out. But after I got done talking for about 45 minutes and just telling testimony after testimony and things that I'd learned and, and the men that God had brought into my life through this house, I got my kingdom start here. When our real battle started, Easy dropped off a book, When Heaven Invades Earth. I got to meet Bill Johnson. He prayed over my daughter. A man named Miles Monroe. As I got through telling him story after story, and I took a break to eat because he had finished eating and I had, my food was still there, this man leans over and he says, I want you to know that as a father, it blesses me to hear from my son to hear men talking about the things of God in public. And as a thank you, I've paid for your lunch already. And I was like, I got to repent now because God told me this was going to happen and I was supposed to tell you beforehand and I didn't. But that, that's, that's kind of how I remembered you, Kyle. Just a man on fire for the Lord. And, and I remember that you had daughters and I remember that you loved them. And every man that's played a role in my life and I've got some great stories on my dad, too. I've shared them before, and I was going to. But that's what fatherhood is. It's, and fatherhood is under assault like never before. And re- even if the topic is not fatherhood, no matter what the issue is or the topic or the subject, we have got to fight for our perspective on what is right. We are not having to fight because we're failures or victims. The fact that there's a struggle doesn't mean that we're defeated and that we've lost. The fact that there's a struggle means that there's an inheritance that we are in the process of laying hold of. And there's an adversary who doesn't want us to have it. And we are more than conquerors through Christ. And so, Pastor Easy, I love you and I thank you for being one of the best spiritual fathers in my life. And I'm thankful for the sacrifice that y'all made and creating a place for all of us to come. And, and I, can, I can see so many different people's lives. Tom Moffat was one. I remember when he preached about the kingdom. I remember sitting in that old church and 
And just like, when I heard the word kingdom, it just leapt out. I was like, yes! And it's been the hallmark of my life. And my daughter, the one who's in heaven, I've got two beautiful daughters right there, so I'm still dad of daughters. She was an ambassador for the kingdom, and God used her life to bring, to accomplish kingdom objectives. He didn't cause what happened, but he redeemed it. And just think about the telescope. The fact that the earth moved didn't mean that the moon was no longer real or where it was. It didn't mean that God's handiwork had somehow failed or was not what it really was. And God says that his creation is speaking. Even when we don't, even when there's clouds and we can't see the skies or when we're not paying attention or when we're looking through a faulty piece of equipment or we're just, we're in a city where there's so much light pollution we can't see, that doesn't negate the fact that his word is forever settled in heaven. And his creation is forever speaking about who he is and what is what. And we cannot yield in our hearts and minds an inch to anything that contradicts or raises itself up against the knowledge of God. So be thankful for the fathers in your life. One last thing. I saw what an absence of a good father looks like in my mom and her sister's lives because their biological dad abandoned them. And I saw a lot of pain and train wreck. So I learned from his mistakes. I don't want to be like that. It's been one of my greatest honors to love my daughters and to be for them what I, what I saw was missing in their lives. But then I also saw a man step in and become my grandfather who was not biologically related and show an example of what a true father is. And regardless of where you are, God can put fathers in your life. And for those of you men who are not yet fathers, every day of your life counts, even though you may not be at that place yet. So don't look, don't allow the enemy to bifurcate or divide or minimize or devalue the small decisions that you make in your life today. Because like that dad in that restaurant, and like I was looking up to Kyle back in the early days and the way that I still look up to Easy, your life speaks. And we need godly men like never before in this world. Godly men are not a threat to women. And there's so many lies being spewed in the world today about who we are as men and women and our roles. But it all comes back to fight for that perspective. We have to fight for what is true. And that, and we're not, that, means, that doesn't mean we're fighting people. We're fighting lies. And the way we fight is with the sword of the Spirit. So lay hold of every thought that contradicts and exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Take it captive. I heard somebody explain one time that that verbiage is like, it's violent. It's not like, here, let me put handcuffs on you. It's like, take it captive. That's what you have to do with those thoughts. You have to take every thought captive that contradicts God's character and his nature. At the end of time, his nature, his character, his integrity, his name, his everything will never be impugned or found to be at fault. One day, every knee is going to bow and realize you are who you always said you are. It's our opportunity and our privilege to say yes to believing it before all the evidence is laid out. Because it won't be faith at that point. It'll just be fact. And you won't have a people won't have an opportunity to enter into that relationship of trust and believing him even when things seem to contradict right now.
So y'all stand and let's pray. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you for the household of faith. We thank you for the roles that you created of men and women. We thank you, God, that we are all spirit man and different gendered bodies, God, but there's only two genders, and you created them. And you have a beautiful plan for each of us. And I thank you, Father, that regardless of all of our backgrounds, whether we had good dads, bad dads, no dads, Father, you're the ultimate dad. And you bring healing and restoration and life through your body. And so, God, we lift up the body of Christ. We thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your fire. Thank you for what you are doing all over the world. Thank you that the news is not the gospel and the economy is not the gospel and your government will never end. The increase of your government will never end. I thank you so much for the message of the gospel. I thank you so much for the people, the men and the women that you placed in my life and for the covering. I thank you so much that my daughters... We got to come to this house and let them see what worship and freedom in the spirit looks like. I was so blessed by that. We love you, Father. We thank you for all these things. And we just continue to say, have your way in us and do what you have started. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. And we want to say yes to you more and more in new and new, more, more and more new ways every day, God. We want you to have all that we are. And we want to play our role. We want to run our race. We want to see the fullness of your kingdom come and your will done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, we bless you, Lord. Amen.